Hi, this is Matt Wallace, lead pastor at Holy Cross Lake Mary, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us, and I pray this message inspires you and helps build your faith. To learn more about Holy Cross, visit hclm.org. Enjoy the message. <clears throat> this is from Romans chapter 15, verses 4 through 13. Whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again it is said, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the people extol him. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will come, even he who arises to rule the Gentiles. In him will the Gentiles have hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. This is the word of the Lord. <clears throat> okay, opening question for this morning is this. Uh, when you are considering reading or watching a series, so like it could be a series of books or it could be a, a, a show on Netflix or something that's in a series format, would you rather watch or read a series that you know has already been completed, like they've already had the last season and what, eight seasons, they're done, or it's got this many books and it's done, or would you rather read or watch a series that's ongoing and you still have to like wait uh, for the next book or the next show to come out every week or however often it comes out. Which would you rather start or take part in a series that is already completed or one that is still ongoing? You can text your answers to 407-842-8884. So, um, <clears throat> and we're going to talk about what this has to do with the text we just read in a moment. But as many of you know, uh, I do, I, myself, I love to read, um, and I mostly, this may surprise you, but I mostly read fiction. And of the fiction that I read, I mostly read a genre of fiction that's generally referred to as fantasy, right? So this would be like the Lord of the Rings, or, you know, any kind of like swords and sorcery type fantasy. Now, Lord of the Rings probably at the top of that. But there's two other well, very, very well-known series that both have been going uh, for a long time or are quite long. Um, the first you probably know of because of the TV show that it spawned. Uh, the TV show is called Game of Thrones. You guys heard of Game of Thrones? Uh, so the, the book series is called A Song of Ice and Fire. And it has been going, I think the first book came out in like 2001. Uh, and that series is still going. It's not done. Uh, they have gone, uh, I think he's written like five books uh, and still more to come. But the second one is one called uh, A Wheel of Time. And uh, that one is finished. It's very long. Anyone care to hazard a guess how many books long the Wheel of Time series is? 
pretty darn close. If you include the prequel, it is 15. Uh, but if you just, the main storyline, 14 books. It lasted so long that the author passed away before it was finished. And another author had to come in and used his notes to finish the rest of the series. He actually did an amazing job. Uh, but it's funny because I love The Wheel of Time, uh, partly because of that, because it is a completed series. But I do not like uh, Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire, because I am so salty that the guy has never finished the series. Uh, he, the last book he wrote was in 2011. And he has never written the next book, even though the show kept going on. And so I quit watching the show in protest uh, because I was so mad. I was like, write the books. I write the books. I don't care about the show, you know. Uh, I would much rather watch a show or read a series that is finished, that I know it has an ending, that I know I need that resolution. You know what I mean? I need that resolution. I know I grew up in an age where you had to wait. You know, Empire Strikes Back came out and we had to wait like six years for Return of the Jedi. I don't want to do that anymore, right? Uh, I just want it to be done. And so that's what I prefer. Uh, Pastor Chris, uh, what are other people thinking no, out there? That's the correct answer, Pastor Matt. Um, Wait for it to be done. I, I remember our family, the first time we really started watching a series was Lost, right? Okay, and, yeah. And then it, 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 you, each week, it just was frustrating. You're like, when's Wednesday coming, you know? So yeah. most people say that um, it, it is best to start when a series is completed because then you can binge right through it. Uh, Kyle had a good point. He said, I, I want to start, um, but I make sure that they're on season three so there's a buffer. You know? so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you but go. a lot of people bring up a good point that if you wait for it to be completed, then you can just skip through all the commercials and get right to it. Um, Stephanie had a good point. Uh, Stephanie Sanders says, ongoing, because it's exciting to talk with others that are watching it. Like uh, that, Yellowstone is one of the yeah, examples. That is, that is That's a thing. good point. The community thing and yeah. guessing what's coming next and all of that. Some people really do love that. That is absolutely true. And uh, let's see. John Grunkley likes both. Both ongoing takes up uh, less time of the day if it's ongoing. <laughs> oh, right. then you won't sit and binge an entire season. Uh, right. Yeah. Like, what did you do yesterday? I watched TV for 12 hours. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Probably uh, not a great idea. Yeah, you can't do that when there's not, you know, the show hasn't been finished yet. That's yeah. a good point. <laughs> uh, so uh, we're going to see how this ties in a little bit in a moment, okay? Uh, but in today's text, as we're reading through it in Romans 15, the Apostle Paul starts out by kind of addressing, I think, a problem that he was facing, right? He starts out, it, he's clearly talking about what we now call the Old Testament, and you can kind of infer that he's dealing with an issue where people were a little bit starting to kind of forget about the Old Testament or not care about the Old Testament. Perhaps they were thinking like, okay, the, the Old Testament was there to point to Jesus, to you know, talk about the coming of Jesus, but now Jesus is here. Jesus has come. And we've got the New Testament. So what do we need the Old Testament for anymore? We don't need to be, you know, like we don't need prophecies about Jesus. Jesus has actually come already, right? Shouldn't we just therefore focus on him and the future? And it probably didn't help things that uh, people probably misunderstood the Apostle Paul sometimes 
as also not caring about the Old Testament. Because the Apostle Paul would fight against some misapplication of the Old Testament. You know, there were the people that uh, thought you, uh, if you wanted to be a Christian, uh, Christian and you were a Gentile, you first had to become a Jew by being circumcised. Or you still had to follow all the laws and rules of the Old Testament. And the Apostle Paul was always saying, no, no, no. No, Jesus fulfilled all that. You don't have to do that anymore. And I think some people were starting to think that meant that we could just forget about the Old Testament. So people were beginning to neglect and kind of denigrate the study of the Old Testament. And I think even though we know the truth, even though we kind of understand how the Old Testament and the New Testament connect together, we understand that it's all God's Word, I think we still sometimes fall into that trap. Uh, I, I remember when I was in seminary, uh, I was, um, we had to do these little like uh, field work uh, modules or whatever. They were usually about three months long. And one of the ones I had to do was uh, jail ministry at the St. Louis City Jail. And uh, I remember uh, going there one time and, you know, the, the guys, they'd be stuck in there, not much to do, so they'd read the Bible, many of them for the first time. And, uh, and like a lot of people that have no idea what the Bible is about, you know, they'd read it the way you'd read any other book. They'd start on page one, you know. They'd start in Genesis and just start reading from there. And I remember one time I had this guy, he's like, hey, man, can I ask you a question? And I was like, yeah. He's like, all right, I've been, you know, reading the Bible a couple books in. And he's like, why is it just all about the Jews? You know, he had like, it just seemed like such a weird, like foreign thing to him. And now, now those of us that have grown up in the church, we understand how they were God's Old Testament people and how that has changed uh, in the New Testament, but I still think we have some issues with the Old Testament. Uh, very often, the Old Testament does feel a little more foreign to us. Right? The New Testament was written in Greek. Uh, comes uh, like a lot of our Western culture kind of comes out of that kind of Greek logic, uh, you know, ideas, right? But the Old Testament is very, very Middle Eastern. And so it feels different to us, right? Plus, we, uh, we, we don't have a lot of the context. So, so much of the Old Testament is based in the context of when it was written and who it was written to. There's a, a lot of social and verbal cues in the Old Testament that most of us don't get. It completely goes over our heads. And so very often, it can seem confusing and hard to understand. And it, it, and it doesn't help that just like in the Apostle Paul's time, the Old Testament is still often misunderstood and misapplied to people today. So it's very easy to skip over the Old Testament or at least give it just some passing lip service, but to really ultimately prefer the New Testament. But Paul steps in here to tell us why we shouldn't do that, right? In verse 4, he says, Whatever was written in former days, so that's the Old Testament, whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. See, even though the Old Testament was written by and for God's Old Testament people, it was also still written for us, for our instruction. And it was written to bring us hope. Part of the reason it brings us hope, part of the reason that it's worth still reading and taking instruction from is because we do know how the story ends. Because in a, in a weird sort of way, that series 
has been completed. We know how it ends. And it ends in good news. It ends in the good news of Jesus Christ. And so now when we look at the Old Testament as a completed series, we see what it actually teaches us. We see what it shows us that God has a plan and that plan was begun at the very beginning with the creation of the world and extends all through history, through the present and on into the future. And we are a part of that. We are a part of that even now because of the way God's plan goes from past to present to future. Second question for you guys today. Uh, what is something from your childhood that you either had or used or did that no longer exists or is no longer relevant? What is something from your childhood, maybe it was a thing you had, um, or, and then, or maybe it was something you used, or maybe it was an activity, but it either no longer exists or it's no longer relevant. There's no reason to do it anymore. So what's something you remember from your childhood you either had, used, or did that no longer exists or is no longer relevant? You can text your answer to 407-842-8884. So I, me, in thinking about this question, there's a lot of single things like I could have uh, chosen, but I was more thinking of it in the sense of how much stuff like that there is, particularly for me. So I, my generation, Gen X, right? Gen X, undoubtedly the greatest generation. <laughs> and we have gone through a particular amount of change. In fact, I saw someone's uh, Twitter post uh, that to me summed all of this up. Uh, if you could put it up on the screen, uh, I did have to redact a little bit of it for church. But here it is. This guy says, if you want to know why Gen Xers are always mad, it's because we had to replace our record collections with a tape collection that was then replaced with a CD collection that was then replaced with MP3s, and how many times must I pay to listen to grunge? Which, if you're not of our generation, was a style of music popular back when we were all in college. Uh, and what's even worse is that now... I have to pay to subscribe to a streaming service like Spotify. And the, here's the real kicker. Vinyl's coming back. <laughs> so I'm buying vinyl records again. Uh, Pastor Chris, did we get some answers? What are some other examples of there, things? This is by far the most popular one we've ever had. I'm going through. Uh, a lot of people said uh, a landline phone or a corded phone. Okay. And yep. I just remember watching this YouTube video that somebody put out a couple of months ago where they put a bunch of elementary school students in a room with a corded phone and they walked out and they said, make a phone call. And like they could yeah. not figure out how to make a phone call with it. It was so funny. Uh, all right. What else? A very popular answer by the Autorinos, uh, the stores, and a bunch of other people sitting by the radio with a cassette deck getting ready to hit record to record your favorite song. <laughs> yes. Raise your hand if you ever did that. Oh, yeah, look at this. 
absolutely. <laughs> um, okay, Re- recording songs. Let's see. AOL, that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> AOL, you've got mail. Uh, yeah. Somebody I just called the other day had an AOL email address, and I said, are you okay? What's going on? Yeah. Um, let's see. Dial-up modems. Yeah, oh, dial-up modem right? with that horrible <laughs> screeching sound, yes. <laughs> and let's see. Let's go to Facebook real quick. There was a couple there. VHS tapes, Sean says. Clay says Super Bowls. Uh, marbles, Jacks. And so let's see, Dennis McGavick with the 8-track tapes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the convenient 8-track tapes. There we go. <laughs> so what we're going to see, part of the reason I asked that question, is because of the change that took place between the Old and the New Testament. Um, here is something that the Apostle Paul says in today's text. This is from verse 8. He says, For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the uncircumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. See, things, a lot of things changed from the Old Testament to the New. But there is one thing that has stayed the same. There is one thing that unites both the Old Testament and the New. There is one thing that bridges the gap between the Old Testament and the new, and that is Jesus Christ himself. Here we see, right, where did he come from? He came from out of the Old Testament. He came from out of the so-called circumcised, God's Old Testament people, the patriarchs, right, Abraham and the founding fathers of the 12 tribes of Israel. He is the Messiah that had been promised to God's Old Testament people. Jesus is the fulfillment of that Old Testament promise to restore the kingdom of God. And he has come, and he has done that. But he's done it in such a way that he opened up a whole new world. Because in so doing, he also became a servant to the Gentiles. And guys, unless you're of Jewish heritage, that's us. We're the Gentiles. And we were formerly kind of excluded from God's plan of salvation. It was meant for God's people, for his chosen people. But Jesus became a servant to them and to us. And the salvation to which we were previously excluded, we now are invited to be a part of. Because the kingdom of God is now a spiritual place where we find life and forgiveness and above all hope. And the people of God have become his people, not just based on the biology of being descended from Abraham, but based on faith in his descendant, Jesus Christ. And that changes how we live. It changes how we live because as Jesus is the foundation of God's plan that comes from the past through the present, it still goes on into the future. It gives us something more to still hope for because it gives us the hope of eternal life. It gives us the hope that all the pain and suffering and death that we see around us, all the destruction and evil of the world, all the injustice come to an end. It gives us hope 
that those that struggle and endure and suffer will be brought into a glorious new life where we don't have to deal with those things anymore. And so the Apostle Paul, based on all of that, calls on us to live differently because of that truth and because of that hope that we have. In verse 5 he says, May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are called to live in peace and harmony with one another. Just as Jesus submitted himself and humbled himself for a people, us, that were not his own, we're called to do the same thing. This is Advent season, a time when we think of the coming of Jesus, a time when we think of the hope that we have for the future and that changes how we live. And so this Advent, let's not get caught up in the ever-present division that we see in the world around us. Let's not live lives of judgment against those that are different from us, but instead let us recognize that in the foundation of Jesus Christ, past, present, and future, we are all one. And let that shared faith in Jesus empower and encourage us to live in harmony with one another. This time of year, we're reminded that Jesus came to bring peace and hope, and we can know that even as things are ever-changing, that is something that never changes. So I leave you with the final words of Paul. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. In his name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message and would like to learn more or contribute to Holy Cross, please visit hclm.org.